0: A couple of weeks ago, uh, Pastor Kelly started a new uh, series, a new message series called Undefeated. I mean, I think whether you're athletic or whether you played sports or, you know, whatever your background is, nobody wants to live defeated, right? I mean, if you're playing a chess game, you want to win, right? Or if you're playing solitaire on your smart device, you want to win. You know, right now when you're playing on your phone, you know, you want to win, right? So no matter what sport or what activity you're participating in, nobody wants to live a defeated life. And so he's got a key, there's a key verse for this series, and I just want to share it with you. It's found in 1 John 5, and it's verses 1 through 5, but let me just highlight one verse for you this morning. It says this, for every child of God defeats this evil world, and we achieve this victory through our faith. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? And here's Pastor Kelly's big thought for this series. It's time to start living out our God-given Christ enabled, spirit empowered, victorious life. You know, um, my wife and I, we, we try to commit our, our morning times, a portion of morning every day, to coffee and conversation and hopefully some prayer and some Bible too. But, you know, we, we try to definitely have that time to just connect one with another. And we talk about all kinds of things the future, and we, we talk about our kids, and we just talk about ministry and all, all kinds of things. But one of the things that, you know, we were talking about just the other day is we were saying, you know, we hope that when people get a glimpse at our lives, our marriage, our our family, our our ministry, the things that we do, we hope that they're looking in and saying, man, I want in on that. You know what I mean? I want to have a marriage like that. I want to have a a family like that. I want to have a ministry like that. I want to be filled with joy and, and, and live an undefeated life. I said that's my hope. I said, that's my desire, right? Because I don't know about you, but sometimes it's amazing to me to look around at Christians, sons and daughters of the living God, walking around living defeated lives. Let me ask you this question this morning. Why on earth would you want to be a Christian if all the Christians that you know live defeated lives? Come on, right? Everybody out there is broken and lost, But that's not God's plan for you and for me. So in week one, Pastor Kelly talked about being a super conqueror. It's like a conqueror on steroids, except don't use steroids. (laughs) It's not recommended. And then last week, he talked about why temptation or why trials? And, and Pastor Kelly did an amazing job helping us understand that, that God is doing a work on each and every one of us. And he uses every opportunity to develop your character and your faith. Why? Because he's forging you into something greater than you are today. Why? Because he has a bigger plan and a bigger purpose and a bigger vision for your life than you could ever imagine. So this morning, we're going to address the issue of overcoming temptation. You see, God wants you to be an overcomer. And I don't know about you, but if you're at all like me, temptation is something that you deal with on a regular basis. You know, we we like to think that that because we're believers and because we go to church that we don't sin, but that's not true. We know that we all struggle. Why? The Bible says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So we know that we all struggle. We all have our own battles. We all have our, our, our own demons, right? The things that we struggle with but see, God has a bigger plan than that. And so what's so awesome is we're going we're to dive into James chapter 4 this morning. And there are some steps that we're going to learn, that we're going to identify, that are going to begin to help you and me to start overcoming the temptations that we face in life. Start overcoming that perpetual sin habit that we're facing in our lives, because that is not God's plan for you and for me. Now, the notes are not available online this morning. I do apologize for that. Um, you're just going to have to go old school. Use the back of your bulletin, you know. Find something to write on. Your hand works pretty well, too. But if you brought your Bible, you can turn to James chapter 4. If you've got your smart device, quit playing on Instagram and get to the Bible app, okay? And uh, James chapter 4. And let's look, at a, let's look at a couple verses here this morning. James 4, 7 and 8 says, Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double minded. You know, you got to love the book of James. The book of James is a very practical, practical book. It has everything to do with Christian living to help you and I to live an undefeated life. If you haven't read the book of James in a while, I would encourage you to do so. Now, there's, there's one thing, uh, a little prerequisite I, I want to share with you this morning. You know, when it comes to sin and temptation, um, there's two, kind of two ideas here. Some of us are regularly committing the crime, and some of us are standing back and we're judging the crime. This is a concept that we learned on Wednesday night. We're either committing the crime or we're judging the crime. But here's the thing that I want to invite us all into this morning, because when we come together in Jesus' name, we're a family. We're a family of brothers and sisters. Maybe you didn't think you had family. Well, good news, you have a family in Christ. And you may not like each other right now, but you better get used to each other, because we're going to be spending a long time together. It's called eternity, okay? But here's the thing that I want you to hear today. You and I, if we want to get away from these sin habits, if we want to get away from from failing and falling back into temptation, we need our brothers and sisters in Christ to stop judging us and to start loving us and helping us as we're bold enough to say, you know what, I'm struggling with sin. I'm struggling with an issue in my life. Please don't judge me. Please love me and help me up. Pray for me, walk with me, encourage me because I need you right now. So that's my prerequisite for today. I want you to think about that. We're all guilty of committing the crime, but we got to stop judging the crime. And we got to start loving each other like Christ has loved us. All right, so before we talk about our steps to overcoming, we need to to look in a little bit and we need to understand that there is a source of temptation. There's several sources of temptation. One of those sources this morning might be your smart device that you're holding in your hand right now. It's a dangerous, it's a great tool, but it's also very dangerous. But the, the, the sources that I want to talk to you about for just a moment, the first one is, is, is the devil. The devil is a source of temptation. Now, here's the thing. He's been doing this for a long time, thousands of years. He's been tempting mankind. And guess what? He's been doing a pretty good job, okay? Okay. So he knows how to get at you. And here's the thing. He doesn't wait till you've been working out at the gym, till you're looking good, till you're feeling good. No, he waits till you're having the worst day of all days of your life, of your marriage, of your family, whatever. And you know what he does? He comes walking along and he kicks you right in the ribs. I mean, he is ruthless. He's camped out in your backyard with an M16 grenade launchers and his finger is on the red button. The red button, you know, the one that goes full nuclear attack? He has that button. And he will unleash all of hell against you because that is his purpose. That is his job. He doesn't like you very much. In fact, he, he wants to wipe you out. Another source of our temptation that we need to be mindful of is our own sinful desires. We don't like to admit this one very well. This is a tough one. Why? Because we begin to realize that what? That we're sinners, that we're sinful, that we have sinful desires. Now, remember last week when Pastor Kelly talked a little bit about the fact that temptation in itself is not sin. Do you remember that? It's important to remember that because otherwise the enemy's gonna be like, oh, you nasty, you sick, you nasty. Why, you? You know, why would that even entertain you? But here's the problem, you guys. We are sick. We are nasty. The moment that Adam and Eve fell to sin in the garden, sin was grafted into our very DNA. You know how I know that? It's because I have two kids at home. They didn't learn it from me. They may have learned it from my wife. (laughs) But they have their own sinful desire on the inside. I see it all the time. I'm like, some, I'm like, honey, do we lie around here? She's like, no. I'm like, because my kids, they, I mean, they can tell some stories, you know? And they're so selfish. Spent half my day working on, stop this, stop that, right? But that's been grafted into our very DNA. So, one, so two sources, the devil, but our own sinful desires, okay? Now, here's the good news. I don't want to get ahead of myself. But I want you to know something. God wants to do such a work inside of you. He wants to put to death those sinful desires and passions. He wants you to be victorious. He's gonna strengthen you if you allow him to do that finished work on the inside. You know, another source of temptation, though, is we live in a fallen world. I don't know about you, but if you turn on the news or look down the street, there's some broken people out there. You turn on the media, you look on the internet, there's all kinds of sources of temptation. So those are our three main avenues Uh, when it comes to dealing with temptation that we need to be mindful of. So we gotta know the source, right? Because if I'm fighting fighting with Eve and it's actually Greg, I'm not gonna win the battle, am I? So I need to know that it's Greg that I'm dealing with. I'm just picking on you two this morning. It's good to see you guys in church. (laughs) They're hardly ever here, so it's great to see them this morning. I'm just fine, I'm just fine. So okay, so once we identify the source, we need to also understand that there are there's two plans. We need to we didn't know the plan. Now this is important. I'm gonna tell you why, because there's a plan for life and there's a plan for death. All right, and and the scripture tells us in John 10:10 10, 10, it says the thief comes only to steal. This is the enemy. This is the devil. This is the one that hates you. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But God says, Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it to the full. You see, God's plan is always to lead you to eternal life. The enemy's plan is always to wipe you out and and leads to death. And why is this important this morning? I'm going to tell you why. Why? Because the road to life is not easy. The road to life is challenging. It is difficult. And if you're not paying attention to see what, question the plan that you're on, you may miss one of the greatest works that God desires to do inside of you because he's equipping you for a promotion. He's equipping you for a position. He's helping you become the father that you need to be, the husband that you need to be, the neighbor that you need to be. But you got to work through the trial, through the circumstance, on that path leading to life. To get to that end result. Are you with me this morning? So, knowing the plan is vital and it's very, very important. So, next time you're facing a situation, ask Does this plan lead to life or does this plan lead to death? And you might think that's simple, but think about how many times you've chosen the path that leads to death. We all are guilty. So, know the source, know the plan, but also know the tactics. You know, Jamie Harris, when she was up here earlier, she had some pretty cool tactics. Did you hear her when she said she had the Bible still in its package and she slipped it over there? Those were tactics, right? And then that 16-year-old was like, oh, hey, look, I got a Bible, everybody. Weren't effective tactics, but she had some good tactics, right? But we have to know the tactics of the sources and the plans that we're facing. The main tactics that we need to understand is the tactics of the enemy. In uh, John 8:44, it says, "You belong to your father." Now, here's the good news: if you, if you've put your faith and trust in Jesus, you no longer you no longer belong to this father. You have a heavenly father. But he's talking to those that were that were not in a right relationship. He says, "You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar." And he is the father of all lies. So I want, you to, I want you to hear this. The enemy lies. He lies. And he's a manipulator. And you know what else he does? He overpromises, and he always underdelivers. Look what happened in the Garden of Eden. He lied and manipulated the very word of God spoken to Adam and to Eve and got their attention. And then what else did he do? He promised them something. He says, if you eat this fruit, you will be just like God. But you know what he didn't tell them? Is he didn't tell them that the moment they ate that fruit, that sin would enter this world and that they would ultimately die. That's how he operates. Know his tactics. He is a liar. He will manipulate you. And he will always overpromise. And he will always under I'm pretty sure there's a mail service out there that operates the same way. I'm um, <clears throat> just kidding. All right. So if we know the source, we know the plan, and we have some, some ideas on the, on the tactics that we're dealing with, let me, let me mention one more area really quickly here. Do you know that your mind is like a battlefield of thoughts? And here's the, here's the dangerous part about thoughts. Thoughts lead to action. Why do you think that Jesus did, said, I don't want you to just not murder? He goes, I don't want you even thinking uh, bad thoughts about your neighbor. I, he goes, I don't want you not committing adultery. He goes, I don't want you thinking about your neighbor's wife. Are you, are you with me? Because Jesus wanted to go all the way to the source of the problem, to the root of the problem. And he knew what? He knew that our thoughts will what? Lead to action. So you and I have to learn to take control of this thing that sits between our two ears and make sure that it falls under the authority of God. In 2 Corinthians 10, 5, it says, we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Let me tell you something. You learn to win the battle in your mind, you you will be on a very successful path to overcoming any temptation or sin that comes your way. Why? Because you're putting it under God's authority. You're putting it under God's authority. So step one this morning is this. It's simple, but yet it's profound. It's challenging because of our own nature. But step one towards living as an overcomer of temptation is to come under God's authority. Now, I don't know if you're anything like me, but if you're anything anything like me, it is challenging to want to come under somebody's authority. I kind of like to do my own thing. How about you? Come on, it's okay to smile, right? We all kind of like doing our own thing. But the first and the most important step towards overcoming temptation is, is coming under God's authority. Now here's the thing we gotta be mindful of this morning. Coming under God's authority isn't just simply making him the savior of our souls. Many of us have prayed that prayer. Jesus, I'm a sinner. Jesus, I need you to come and to rescue me, to save me from my sin. Here's the difference. Jesus can't just be Savior. He must also be Lord. And see, when you begin to make Jesus the Lord of your life, you're beginning to come under his authority. And when you place your life under his authority, you know what happens? You start looking at everything through a different lens, through a different perspective. You start viewing everything through the word of God. You start looking to this thing called the B-I-B-L-E, and you wanna discover what it has to say about your thought life. You wanna discover what it has to say about how you're living your life and how you're leading your family you need to discover what it has to say about your past, your present, and your future. You see, when you put your life under the authority of God, I promise you, you will begin to lead and live a different life. Here's the good news. When we come under the authority of God, He's made his his plan, his will, his design available to you and to me in his word. And guess what? There is power in the very word of God. And there is power to do a work on the inside of you, to transform you, to develop you in becoming the person that God has always wanted you to be. But the problem is for many of us is we fail to make Jesus Lord. We fail to come under the authority of a living God And I said it in the first service like this, and I'm going to say it again. Hopefully you're, well, I know of one insurance, past insurance agent in the room. So hopefully this isn't offensive. But if you were to go to your insurance agent, it's not really offensive, so don't worry. But if you were to go to your insurance agent and ask them for fire insurance, But yet, in the meantime, you didn't have a fire extinguisher in your home. In the meantime, you didn't have any smoke detectors in your home. In the meantime, you let your four and seven year old play with matches. In the meantime, right? You're doing all these things, right? You might have fire insurance, but guess what? You're going to get burned. You see, we need to understand something. Just because Jesus is Savior, it's not okay to continue to live in sin. It's not okay to continue to flirt with temptation. Why? Because we already heard it earlier this morning. The wages of sin is death. Sin equals death. It will take you out every single time. But when you place your life under God's authority, you're not going to mess with fire because you know that that fire will ultimately burn you. You're gonna to look to him first. Before you make decisions about your life and your future, you're gonna pray and you're gonna seek his wisdom and his counsel and let the peace of God be your guide. Because why? Because he's in charge. It's a little carry Underwood this morning. It's Jesus, take the wheel, right? And if you really like Tim Hawkins, it's like Cletus, take the reel. Some of you know what I'm talking about, right? But ultimately, we need to understand something. We need to put him at the helm, at the driver's seat. He needs to be in charge, Because when he's in charge, we're under his covering. And I don't know about you, but I want to be under the covering and the blessing of an almighty God. Because here's the truth this morning. Whatever you're facing, uh, sin or temptation, you do not possess a power of your own to overcome it. But when you come under God's authority, guess what? He has already defeated it on the cross. You know, you say, oh man, I'm living in sin. Guess what? He already shed the blood of Jesus so that you could be forgiven and redeemed. Guess what? That's not just for a moment. That's for your past, your present, and even your future sin. Why? Because God loves you that much. You and I have to learn to come under God's authority. So James 4, 7, submit yourself then to God. Submit yourself then to God. It's challenging, it's difficult, but it's worth it. It's worth it. And it's part of the steps. It's part of the plan for you and I living as overcomers of temptation. So step two this morning. Are you live out there? Okay. I'm just checking because we do have an, a, uh, an AED. We can zap you. Paddles. All right. always thought that would be kind of fun. All right. Step two. Resist the temptation to sin. Resist the temptation to sin. Whoa. Wait, wait, wait a minute here. You just said come under God's authority. It was all going to be okay. But here's the thing we got to realize this morning. God has given you abilities. He's given you a brain. He's given you gifts and talents. He desires for you to use them. And what he's saying here, he's saying, you know what? Come under my authority. Come under my blessing. Come under my cover. But now I need you to be big boys and girls, and you need to learn to say No. You know, if your source is the television, turn the television off. If your source is the internet, turn the internet off. If you've got a circle of friends that are a source of temptation in your life, then maybe you need to find a new circle of friends. If you continue to allow the enemy to come in and dangle those carrots and those cookie jars right in front of you, you've got to learn to stand strong and to resist. And I'm telling you something, he is good at what he does. And so unless you're living under the covering and the blessing of an almighty God, you are going to have a difficult time resisting temptation when it comes. But I have been there so many times in my life when I've tried to resist and stand on my own. And that's the problem with many of us. We fail to submit. We fail to come under the authority of God and we try to stand strong and resist in our own power and our own strength. And here's the problem. Sooner or later, you and I will ultimately fail. Why? Because you don't possess the power great enough to overcome. But when you and I come under that authority, We are now being equipped and empowered by the Holy Spirit, by the Word of God, to be able to overcome and to resist temptation and sin when it pokes its ugly face, its ugly head into your life. When that thought comes, I'm just going to be real with you this morning. I've had times in my life where I've been in my car or wherever, and I'll have a random nasty thought that comes into my mind. And and sometimes I just got to get vocal. You know what I'm saying? I gotta, start, I gotta start speaking scripture. I gotta start praying. I mean, I've had moments where I'm screaming at the devil and I'm telling him to take a hike because you know why? Because I desire to live under God's authority. I desire to please and to honor my king. And I know that if I give in, that I will, not, I will displease him. I, I know that if I give in, I will fall back into sin. And that is not his desire or plan for my life. You and I have to be willing to resist. Now, some of you are asking yourself the question, well, but what if I can't resist? Well, here's a couple pointers for you. Pray. How's your prayer life? How's your prayer life? Prayer is powerful and effective, and it works. Talk to God. You know, He already knows what you're going through, but tell Him about it and ask Him Ask him for his strength. Ask him for the ability to say no and to resist. You know why he wants you to resist? If you didn't hear it last week, go online and listen to it. But Pastor Kelly already told us. Because God wants to develop your character. He wants to strengthen your faith. So he wants you to stand strong and resist. And that happens as we come under the authority of God. So pray is a great tactic. Prayer. Another great tactic is to quote scripture. I just mentioned that. Quote scripture, you know, another really great tactic, and the enemy hates this one. Tell somebody about it. Tell somebody about it. You and I need brothers and sisters that we can just be brutally honest with. Even some of the darkest, ugliest things that we have thought and done, we need to be able to go to them and say, hey, this is what's going on in my life. You know what they're going to do? They're going to pray for you and they're going to encourage you. And you know what happens? The enemy who'd been holding you back and saying, you know what? If you tell somebody, everybody's going to hate you. Everybody's going to criticize you. Everybody's going to say you're no good. But guess what? When you bring it into the light, he has no power and he has no authority over you. And that's a step towards you resisting. That's a step towards you finding your healing and the restoration that you need in your life. Another thing that we can do is we can be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, when God poured out his Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, it wasn't just for one moment in history. It was for every believer for all times. And it wasn't just for one moment of your walk of faith, but it was for every moment of your walk of faith. You see, God still has a power that he wants to fill you with today, and he wants to fill you again tomorrow and even the day after that. Why? Because he knows that life happens, struggle happens, and you're going to need a continual flow of power, an access of power operating in your life and over in order to be an overcomer. So, a couple of things there to think about. Let me back up to a scripture I wanted to read to you, though. 2 Corinthians 10 13, it says, No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. I want to pause there for a moment. What is common to man? You know, when the enemy says you're the only one who feels this way, you're the only one who's contemplated suicide. You're the only one living in fear or a, a crippling case of anxiety. You're the only one who's dealing with, with, with abuse or sexual abuse. You're the only one that has this addiction, this, this, uh, this addiction to drugs or alcohol or, or whatever it is in your life. But listen to what the word said again. It said what? It said, no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. You see, sin is sin to God. It's sin. It's disobedience. It's, it's sin. But here's the good news. You're not alone. You're not alone. God still loves you. And listen to this listen to this. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. Praise be to God. But when you are tempted, He also will provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. I am thankful that when I live under God's authority, When temptation comes, it doesn't matter if it's the enemy. It doesn't matter if it's my own sinful nature. It doesn't matter if it's an outside source. He is saying, I will provide a way for Stephen to escape. Why? Because I love him, and I want to make sure that he's not living his life in sin, and he feels the same way about you. You know what that scripture tells me? It tells me in a room just like this where there's exit signs that are lit up all around the doors that tell us how to get out of here just in case there's an emergency. I want you to know something. God's saying, you know what? I'm going to provide some exit signs for you. But here's the, here's the thing. You better man up or you better woman up and you better do what you got to do and resist and you better run. You better run the other way when temptation and sin comes knocking because God wants you to be able to stand up in the moments of temptation, but you've got to be willing to resist. Our final, our final step this morning is that we need to come close to Jesus. I don't know about you, but sometimes when you're in the midst of a trial, a temptation, a battle, it's exhausting. Have you ever been worn out? Feel beat up? But see, not only do we submit to God, and resist the devil, and he will flee. But he says, draw near to God, and he will what? He will draw near to you. You see, your feelings of shame and regret that kept you from wanting to get close, you're going to you're gonna have to overcome that and realize that God's call to you is to draw near. God's call, he is reaching out, he's saying, you draw near to me, and I will draw near to you. I will be there to wrap my loving arms around you. You know, yesterday we were at the grocery store and my youngest son, Caleb, doesn't listen all the time. I don't know if you have one of those. I think I'm gonna get a bruise right here from banging my head on the wall. (laughs) But he was in front of the shopping cart as I'm trying to push it. It's not a very logical place to be. I kept telling him, son, you're gonna get ran over. Son, you're going to get ran over. Son, you're going to get ran over. Son, you're going to, you know, something's going to happen. And sure enough, just before we finished up our shopping trip, the cart ran over his foot. And oh, did he cry! He wailed. But you know, immediately, you know what he wanted to do is he wanted to draw near. I picked him up. And he's like a big teddy bear. Squeezed him, held him, let him sob and cry. And just let him take refuge in my arms for a few moments that I could help ease his pain. You see, I believe the reason that he put that scripture there is because he wants you to know that as we struggle, as we battle, as we fight, as we face Monday through Friday and every every other day of the week, he wants you to know that you can always draw near to him. And when you do, he will draw near to you. He will strengthen you. He will heal and restore you. Even if you just need a shoulder to cry on, he's there to listen to you because he's God our father and he loves you. So we can renew our strength. Isaiah 40, 31 says, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and they will not grow weary. They will walk and they will not be faint. I love that verse. You know, my, my parents never told me that it was going to be this hard, <laughs> right? There's those moments, you know, where like, honey, we're, did we make the right choice here? You know, Were we supposed to have kids? <laughs> Come on. You know it's true. You know it's true. <laughs> Maybe it's not too late for another one. Okay. Um, all right. so. But he wants to renew your strength. But he also wants you to find comfort. Listen to this. Hebrews 4.16. We're going to bring this thing to a close here in just a moment. Hebrews 4.16. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence. With confidence. The throne of grace. So that we may receive mercy and find the grace to help us in our time of need. Next time the enemy lies to you and he tells you that you're not good enough to approach the throne of grace, you just better look him straight in the eye and you better tell him to shut up. Because God says you can have confidence that you can approach His throne, His throne in heaven, not just an earthly throne, but His throne in heaven where He's seated above all. He says you can approach my throne of grace with confidence and you can find the mercy and the grace that you need. That's encouragement this morning, that's comfort this morning. Maybe I said you're in the middle of that fight. You're in the middle of that battle. Do not lose heart. God has the grace and the mercy that you are needing today that will sustain you till tomorrow. It will sustain you through next week. It will sustain you through next year. It will sustain you through the remainder of your earthly life and beyond because he's faithful. So not only can we renew our strength and find comfort, but he also offers peace in the storm. Matthew 11:28 and 29 Come to me all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. So let's just let's just think about this morning for just a moment here. When we're dealing with temptation we need to think about what's the source of this temptation? You know, is the, is the enemy taking me head on today? Is that what's happening here? Because my Bible says that no weapon formed against me will prosper. My Bible says that, that Jesus went to the cross and he bore my sin and my shame. My Bible says that, that we are more than conquerors in Christ. My Bible says, be strong and courageous. So we got to know our source. Maybe it's it's your own desires, your own sinful inclinations and desires and passions that you have. And you think, is there any hope? There is hope. God wants to do a transforming work on the inside of you. He wants to renew your mind. He wants to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Yeah, you're still going to struggle. You're still going to battle because we're not perfect yet but he wants to continue and further the work that he started maybe many years ago because he's faithful. Yeah. Or maybe today what you, the decision you need to make is the source that you're struggling most with is in the bottle, in the cupboard at home. Maybe it's an image on the internet or the television. Maybe it's a relationship where, where you have conversations that you know that don't, don't bring glory and honor to God. I don't know what it is, but you do. So know your source. Question the plan. Is this leading me to life or is this leading me to death? Know the tactics. Come on. God God wants you to be prepared. He doesn't want you walking out on the battlefield without your armor. Put on the full armor of God. He wants to equip you every single day. You spend time in his word, spend time in his presence, spend time listening to him, spend time enjoying the closeness and the nearness of God. He wants to equip and strengthen you for every single day and every moment that you and I face. But then remember these steps. We have to ask ourselves, am I living my life under the authority of an almighty God? Is he really running the show or or have I gone to him for fire insurance but I'm still playing with fire? Am I really ready to resist? Because if I'm not ready to resist, then I need to go back and question, am I really under God's authority? And if I'm here and I'm weathered and I'm beat up and I'm broken, I want you to hear the call this morning. Jesus says, come near to me and I will come near to you. You know, his word also says, confess your sins and he is faithful and just to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. You know, when you give your sin to God, he doesn't remember it. He cast it as far as away. As from, east is from the west. It is completely gone. When you bring it up next week, he's like, I don't even know what you're talking about because I've already forgotten it. I've already forgiven it. I've already placed it under the blood of Jesus. So I'm going to invite you for a moment to bow your heads and close your eyes today. God wants you to live an undefeated life. He wants you to overcome temptation, not just today, not just in this moment, but every day. He wants you to win time and time again. But it starts by breaking maybe a cycle of sin, a habit you know, sometimes you've got hurts in your life that leads you to do things that you wouldn't normally do, but you've not allowed God to heal the hurt so that you can live a whole life. So I want to ask you this morning, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I don't need to know what you're dealing with, but I want you to hear that God wants you to live free. He wants you to live victorious. He wants you to live strong. He wants you to be joyful. He wants you to be vibrant. But you can't live that way when you're burdened by sin and you're caught in that ongoing temptation where you struggle and fail and struggle and fail. But I believe today that he wants to break the chain in your life today, in this moment. He wants to write down on May 27th, 2018, I visited Albany, Oregon Neighborhood Church, and I stepped into a heart and into a life, and I broke a chain that will never be formed again. So if you're here today and you need that work done on the inside, I'm just going to invite you for just a moment here to raise a hand. I'm just going to, just a moment, just leave them up for a moment so I can see. Thank you. Thank you. All around this room, people lifting hands. And you know, we've all committed the crime and we are not going to judge the crime. Because our brothers and our sisters in Christ, they need us. And this is our moment as a family to stand together. This is our moment as a church to say, you know what? We're not going to look just on the outside. We're not going to look just at the behaviors and the habits. We're going to look at the the heart because God looks at the heart and God loves all people. And we're going to walk together arm in arm. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to pray this morning. And as I pray, and you lifted a hand, I want you, nobody needs to hear you, but I want you to do business with God. That means you're gonna have to tell him what's going on. Lay that before him. I'm telling you, it works. This has worked so many times in my life as God has broken off a habit. He's broken off a cycle of temptation. He's broken off sin in my life and he has set me free and he wants to do the same for you. So let's pray this morning. God, thank you today for meeting us here. God, thank you that today that you are a loving and a forgiving, and a merciful, and gracious God. Lord, I pray this morning for my brothers and sisters in Christ. Lord, many in this room have acknowledged that they are battling with a cycle of temptation. They are battling with sin, and habits, and hurts. But Lord, this morning, as they begin to confess them to you, God, I ask right now in the name of Jesus, God, I ask that you would break every chain God, I pray that you would come and you would restore, that you would heal and renew. God, I pray that you would begin to reveal to them the plan and the purpose that you still have for their life. And I thank you, God, for the victory that has been won today because of the cross of Jesus Christ, because of the precious blood that still flows, because you rule and you reign. God, we look to you and we willingly come under your authority. And we thank you, God, for victory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.